the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Day. During this observance, the president says, We pray that all find peace in the love of God. We pray for guidance, wisdom, and protection for the men and women in uniform. And we pray for the unity of our nation. Greg Clugston, Washington. Authorities in the Carolinas warning residents to prepare for a potential disaster as Hurricane Florence gains strength ahead of a potential landfall Thursday or Friday. This is SRN News. Larry Elder says the Democrats are full of ideas. The caller was talking about Democrats not having any ideas. they got plenty of ideas. And when they advance an idea, you have to ask yourself three simple things. How much is it going to cost? Who's going to pay? And will it, in fact, work? And usually the whole idea falls apart under that uh, very simple analysis. The Larry Elder Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Couldn't ask for a nicer weekend. Glad you're spending your time with AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm Lee Michaels. Stay tuned for the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the closer, Brad Carlson. Coming up next, of course, you can uh, check out podcasts. If you ever miss an episode, just visit am1280thepatriot.com and click on the podcast page. Nice afternoon. Good see sunshine in mid-70s. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our broadcast. As always, you can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, got a lot to get to these first couple of segments, so we want to get started right away. As always, we appreciate the time of our national political wonk, Matt Makoviak. Frequent contributor to this broadcast, and if you're not listening to the Matt Makoviak podcast, MacOnPolitics.com, well, you're just doing it wrong. Check it out on the web, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com, M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. And as always, we are honored to be joined by the aforementioned Matt Makoviak. Matt, good to have you on today. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Brad. It's always great to be with you. 
Uh, Want to get kicked right off uh, with the, of course, the Judge Brett Kavanaugh, the confirmation hearings from this past week uh, before the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. Uh, as you wrote at the Washington Times, Matt McCoviak, terrific piece, by the way, that uh, his confirmation is pretty much a, a fait accompli, not much in doubt. Nevertheless, the Democrats never going to uh, miss out on an opportunity to uh, grandstand, as has been the popular word of this past week. Uh, I guess, first of all, let's get to uh, Judge Kavanaugh's credentials, and I guess the confirmation will probably take place later this month. Early October is Senate Majority Leader McConnell's goal. He'll definitely be confirmed before the midterms. I guess, uh, what kind of outcome do you expect in the vote? Because certainly there's some very vulnerable Senate Democrats that this could be uh, certainly the uh, catalyst to whether they get reelected or not, Matt McCoviak. Yeah, and actually, I think in terms of the the timeline, um, it's less about the midterms uh, in, in some ways and more about the fall term of the Supreme Court, which begins on the uh, first Monday in October every every year. So they obviously want to have nine justices there to hear sure. you know opening arguments and allow him time to get clerks and all those kinds of things. So uh, it sounds like the Senate Judiciary Committee will vote on his nomination committee on the 13th. Uh, and then we'll, you know, the floor vote would then be scheduled by the Senate Majority Leader, which I would presume would be as early as the third week in September and perhaps as uh, more likely the fourth week of September. So, uh, but to your question, Brad, you know, I, I don't, honestly, I, part of me thinks that this, was, that this past week was a very bad week for the country. And the reason I say that is, you know, it's a good week in the sense that you have a, a constitutionalist, you have, a, you know, an originalist and a textualist joining the Supreme Court here, here in a few weeks, and that's a very good thing for the rule of law, for the Constitution, and for the country. Um, the, the thing that concerns me is, um, you know, the Senate looked a lot like the House in those, in those confirmation hearings. Um, all theatrics, it was performance art, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, Cory Booker, I, I think, disqualified himself for serious contention to be president or vice president of the United States by his, you know, his uh, hysterics. I just, I look at it and I think, you know, does it matter that he's qualified? Does it matter that he has the highest rating from the ABA that you can possibly have? Does it matter that he has 12 years on the second highest court in the land and 308 opinions? You know, if these things don't matter, what are we, what are we doing? What mm-hmm. kind of, uh, what kind of republic do we have? And so I don't know. Part of me, and I get it, it's partisan games up there, and we're six weeks before midterm, and everybody's got to play to their base. So I get it. Um, and, and certainly Republicans you know, go after uh, appointees by, by Democratic presidents. I just don't remember you know, the, 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 the theater of the absurd uh, when Republicans were in the minority uh, like, like this on Supreme Court nominations. And here's why I say that. You know, when Sotomayor was voted on, uh, I know there were probably 10 or 15 Republicans that voted for her. Um, you know, same was true for, for Elena Kagan, who was Solicitor General, you know, in the Obama White House. So I, I feel like many, many Republicans in the Senate want to answer the question, are you qualified first? And if you're qualified, then a president gets to appoint who they want on the Supreme Court unless there's something truly disqualifying. For Democrats, it's not about that. It's about outcomes. They actually don't seem to care what the law is, what the Constitution is. They, want, you know, they care about what the ruling is uh, and how that affects their policy preferences. And that is simply not how our country was set up and not how our Constitution uh, uh, you know, you know, gives power uh, to, to the judicial branch. And so yeah, I really, I really liked what Ben Sass, the senator from Nebraska, said on several occasions this week about the, this, this, the lack of civic education in this country, uh, the, the, and how disappro- disappointing he saw, you know, his colleagues behaving on the Democratic side. And, I, and so, part of me, Brad, is just very sad for the country to see that that's what this has devolved to. If this is the new precedent, 
Judiciary Committee hearings for Supreme Court nominees, this country's headed in the wrong direction. Now, obviously, you alluded to the theatrics of, uh, of Cory Booker, and obviously it, it appeared that California Senator Kamala Harris was also uh, perhaps uh, trying to set a precursor for her uh, a possible 2020 presidential run. But I, I do want to get back to, to Cory Booker. Uh, I, I'm, maybe you can kind of shed a little insight in this. I, I paid half attention to it. He was claiming that he was doing something insidious by releasing documents, and then it later was verified, no, 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 you are authorized to release these documents. And he, it was almost like he was insisting he was doing something insidious to kind of give a little credibility with the resistance. I didn't understand what that was all about, Matt McCoviak. Maybe you could kind of shed some light on that particular aspect. Look, what, what Cory Booker, uh, the junior senator from, from, from New Jersey, former mayor of Newark, New Jersey, uh, did, it was, it was strategically insane on two levels. One... Um, he claimed he was going to violate the confidentiality of the documents, okay. risk his own ability to remain in the Senate uh, by releasing by releasing some emails that had not been been cleared for release by the by the uh, Bush Library. Unfortunately for Cory Booker, uh, it, it's become clear that those documents were actually already released. They okay. were released earlier that morning, <laughs> so he was claiming to be releasing something confidential. I mean, you, you know, this is backwards. Like normally you would claim you're not releasing something confidential when you really are, right? He was claiming to be releasing something confidential when it had already been released publicly. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, he was trying to make it seem like the emails had some deep, dark secret about um, Kavanaugh's previous views about the issue of race uh, in national security, whether, whether racial profiling would ever be acceptable. This is, this is the second reason that it was strategically insane. Uh, the emails themselves actually show Kavanaugh specifically saying race cannot be used as a factor in national security. Mm. So as I, as I put on Twitter, I said, look, this is an own goal you know, by, by Cory Booker, right, where a team, a team, a soccer player scores on his own team. Sure. And that's effectively what happened. Now, if, I imagine your follow-up question is, why would he do it? The only thing that makes sense to me, and I think this is what you were hinting at, is he wanted to sort of look like he was fighting uh, and use that to try to raise money online and build his profile and, and run for president. And that's, that's something that Senator John Cornyn, you know, senior senator from Texas and a friend of mine called called him out on in the Senate Judiciary Committee, I think on Thursday, in, in a moment that was really quite compelling. So, uh, look, again, that was just one example of, of how ridiculous the whole hearing was and, and how ridiculous the Democrats were and were discharging their, their serious duties as, as United States senators. Well, that, yeah, like you said, this has all been uh, grandstanding. It's all noise. Uh, I don't think the confirmation is is, is much in doubt, but um, the fact that we had the opportunity to hear Spartacus invoked on the uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, what a time to be alive, Matt McCoviak. What a time to be alive. Uh, one of the other big news stories from this past week, of course, is the New York Times op-ed where uh, they are claiming it is a high senior official within the Trump administration uh, was uh, penned in an op-ed where he, uh, he well, I guess uh, the prevailing sentiment, it is a male, that is part of the resistance inside the Trump administration in detailing the chaos and how President Trump himself is unstable and occasionally they'll remove documents from his desks before he sees them because if he signs that, uh, then it's Armageddon or something. I have no idea. Uh, this seemed to also backfire wildly because we know there's a lot of money, there's a lot of notoriety in the resistance, the anti-Trump sentiment, but if, with someone within their, his own administration making these explosive allegations, uh, to your point, Matt, as you alluded to about the confirmation hearings, this is not good for the country. 
No, it's not. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me, Brad, about the last year and a half is, you know, opponents of this president, and I don't doubt their motives. I really try not to doubt people's motives, particularly people I don't know, but they're so unhinged about what he's trying to do, what he's actually accomplishing, what he represents, that they are willing to use the kinds of tactics against him that they criticize him for using, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and here's what I mean by that. Um, you know, in this case, there's not, there, there are about, there probably are two people on this earth who know who the op-ed writer is. It's probably the opinion editor of the New York times, perhaps his boss, and then whoever wrote it. Right. So, and, and I mean, in Washington secrets never stay very long. I imagine the next couple of weeks, we'll find out who it is somehow that the person will have used a phrase. They used some other place or some special word or, or something. Uh, but, you know, to me, I, I think it's. I think it's. There's two real key points on the New York Times op-ed. One, I don't think a newspaper should should ever publish an anonymous op-ed. Uh, the only time I could think where it might make sense is if you're if you're a, a sexual assault victim. Sure. That I can't. I almost can't even think of another circumstance where it would ever be appropriate for a journalistic institution to to publish an anonymous op-ed because an op-ed. You, ha- you know, the reason at the bottom of an op-ed that, that you have the biography of the writer in italics is so that once you've read it, you can then gauge the credibility of the person and whether they have an axe to grind, whether they have a conflict of interest, what perspective they're coming from, etc. You can't do that here because the New York Times has decided to describe this person with the you know, least descriptive and specific title uh, in, in Washington, so-called senior administration official. Right. Um, that may sound good, but, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what that means? And I actually was with Sean Spicer last night, for, you know, Trump's first uh, last press secretary, yes. a, a long, mm-hmm. long-time friend of mine. He told me he is 100% confident that there is no one inside the West Wing of the White House that could be the author of, of, the, of the op-ed. Mm-hmm. And that his expectation, and mine as well, is that it's likely someone you know, several layers down in the bureaucracy. So who, who knows who it is? I actually think it's, it's net helpful for Trump, and, and let me tell you why. Um, you know, Trump has been making the argument that, that you know, that, that a lot of the news that people are reading is fake and that the media is, is unfair and way too negative against him. This plays into that. This doesn't seem reasonable. You know, you, could you imagine the Wall Street Journal running an anonymous op-ed from an Obama insider four years ago? Mm-hmm. No, no, of course, you, of course you couldn't. Right. Uh, and so this plays into, I think, everything Trump's been saying about the media, and it reminds his voters – you know, the fact that Pew had a study that showed 92% of all news coverage on Trump is negative. How do you have that in a country when he's got 40 or 42 or 44% job approval, right? right? Uh, with, and, 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 of course, the positive economy, right? So something's out of whack here. Um, I, again, do, do I think the New York Times op-ed matters in middle America? I mean, do you, do you honestly – I mean, I'll, let me ask you this. You follow the news more closely than most of the people that listen to your show. But do you think average people in Minnesota are reading the New York Times op-ed page? You know what I mean? No. They're focusing on their lives, their families, their paychecks, their job security, you know, their wages, um, their, you know, their, their, how safe they feel in their community, health care, education. Those are the things that matter to them. They're not reading the New York Times op-ed page every day. So the, the idea that I think this thing is going to matter that much in the midterms I think is way overblown. But I do think it helps Trump in the sense that it's another example of how the media has become totally unhinged. They are no longer referees. They are, as, I, as, as, as Steve Bannon said, someone who I do not admire, mm-hmm. uh, the opposition party. Uh, I think uh, Sean Davis of The Federalist uh, put out a tweet over a year ago, and I, and I screenshotted it because I think this is, this is a classic evergreen tweet. And he, he 
said that Trump's greatest asset continues to be the idiocy of his most fervent detractors. I, I, I think that that is the classic Evergreen dream, uh, to be sure. Man. Oh, yeah. yep. Part two with our chat with Matt McCoviak. Going to talk midterm elections coming up on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. The governor's race is heating up. Join Larry Elder, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager for trackside analysis at the Battleground Talkers Tour, October 25th. Tickets start at only $20, so cruise over to am1280thepatriot.com to get yours today. Will it be a photo finish or a total blowout? Join the discussion at the Battleground Talkers Tour, Thursday, October 25th. Details at am1280thepatriot.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Does what we do matter? You know, in the big scheme of things, how important is a roof or gutters? And and maybe those things aren't real important in the eternal scope of things, but they are important in us establishing relationships with other people. And they're also important in being able to reach out, being able to meet people, being able to expand the kingdom or, or edify or build each other up. So maybe our work is more of a vehicle to establish relationships than it is just a business. Some of the services we offer are shingle roofing, residential roofing. We also do commercial and residential flat roofs, rubber and TPO flat roofs, small or large. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, you can always contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. An unexpectedly encouraging development in California should remind us that conversation can work better than confrontation in politics. The author of Assembly Bill 2943 agreed to pull it from the legislature's agenda, dropping a new law that would have imposed severe penalties on mental health professionals who agreed to help patients wanting to overcome homosexual inclinations. Evan Lowe, a gay Silicon Valley Democrat, had majority support in the legislature, but he changed his plan because he felt, he said, heartened by conversations with pastors, professional counselors, and former homosexuals who lead ministries of others, unquote. This is a demonstration of the power of respectful persuasion, and both sides deserve praise. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree offered on its most beautiful campus. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club in Prior Lake. The Horse and Hunt Club is one of the premier sporting facilities in the world, and it's open to the public. This place is simply awesome. There are five different sporting clay courses that provide 30 different shooting scenarios. Memberships are available as well. You can hunt pheasants, turkey, partridge, ducks, and more. And don't forget to stop by Triggers for lunch or dinner. Maybe try some of their delicious bacon-wrapped pheasant bites. For pricing and details, visit horseandhunt.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Got a lot to get to in this uh, second segment, so we want to get right back to our guest, Matt McCoviak, political wonk. Want to talk congressional midterm elections in this particular segment? Now, Matt McCoviak, obviously you. A uh, resident of Texas, a lot of focus on the particular Senate race in Texas, uh, incumbent Senator Ted Cruz facing a serious challenge from Democrat Beto O'Rourke. 
Uh, Ted Cruz sending out a lot of emails saying, hey, look, this is a very close race, nip and tuck. We need all the help we can get fundraising. I understand it. It's part of the game. You don't take anything for granted. But is Ted Cruz in any real serious trouble here, Matt McCoviak? So that, that's a question that I'm getting, you know, more and more from people both in Texas and around the country. Um, and and I, I'll give Beto work credit in a couple areas. Number one, uh, he's worked really hard for the last two years. He's done town halls, visited all 254 counties. Now, I think in doing so, he's ignored his job serving his district in El Paso as, as a member of Congress, but he certainly has worked hard. Two, uh, he's had tremendous success raising money, and he's done it primarily with low-dollar donations online, sort of the Bernie Sanders model, and that and that and that's you know fits given that he is running on a playbook, uh, a, a sort of a, a platform very similar to Bernie Sanders. He's running as a full-scale progressive. He's not running as a moderate Democrat. He's not running as a pro-business Democrat. He's running as a as a progressive. Okay. I fundamentally do not believe someone with that approach can get elected statewide in Texas. Um, that is not what Texas is. It's not what Texas probably ever will be. Uh, this is a state where no Democrat has won a statewide election since 1994. The next statewide Democrat who gets elected will not be a progressive. I believe it will be a moderate pro-business you know, Democrat from Dallas or Houston that has some name ID. So uh, that said, look, is it close? It's closer than it should be. Uh, do I think Beto can win? I still am not convinced he can win. I haven't seen him move to the middle on, on key issues to try to develop a path to victory. So I'm not even sure he's trying to win. I know that sounds crazy. I think he's trying to build an, build an online you know, army. Uh, and run as a progressive and position himself. I know this will sound nuts, but for the 2020 presidential nomination on the Democratic side. Okay. Uh, because, you, you know, what you would do in Texas is you would, you know, do what you have to do when your primary is a Democrat, then you move to the middle for the general election because you have to win Republican votes to have a chance. And so on guns or on life or on, on some issue somewhere, you'd move to the middle, and he hasn't done that. He's in favor of sanctuary cities. He's open to abolishing ICE. He wants to impeach Trump. He's in favor of the $32 trillion Medicare for all. You go down the list. He checks off every list that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and Bernie Sanders stand for. So why is Ted Cruz in trouble? That's the question, and I don't know that I've got a great answer for it. Uh, Cruz has done fine. He's raising good money. He's working really hard. Part of it is the national environment. Part of it is that Cruz ran for president and had some ugly interactions with Trump, sure. although I think a lot of that's been repaired. So we'll see. I still think it's a five- or six-point race at the end of the day, and Trump wins. Excuse me, Cruz wins. But Trump won Texas by 9%. Romney won it by 11 percent. McCain won it by 14 percent. So we should be in a 8 to 10 to 12 point range. And if Cruz ends up at five or six, that's going to help. That's going to hurt Republicans down ballot in some races that are really close. And I think that may be the single more single single most important factor. Speaking of President Trump, he did make a campaign stop or or he attended a rally in Montana uh, this past week, I know John Tester is the incumbent Democrat representing Montana. That's a state that Trump won by uh, more than 20 points in the 2016 uh, presidential election. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Tester's uh, Republican opponent there? And is that an opportunity for a flip, Matt McCoviak? It is an opportunity. You know, if you look at the map, the states where Trump not only won by the biggest margins, but where his job approval is the highest, Montana is right near the top of that list. Mm. Uh, you know, West Virginia and North Dakota are probably slightly ahead of it, but Montana is a, is a ripe state for a pickup. You know, Tester pretends to be a conservative Democrat, but he really hasn't joined with Trump on anything. And there's, there, there, there have to be issues where he, he would do that on the military, uh, on energy, uh, on agriculture. There are a lot of opportunities where he could have worked with him, and he hasn't done that at all in any meaningful way. And as you remember, he went after Trump's uh, personal you know, a doctor who was who nominated to be VA secretary right. in a pretty despicable and dishonest way. So I think you're going to see Trump in Montana a lot uh, over the next seven weeks. 
because I think he can help there in Matt Rosendale. They have a good candidate, a military veteran, won his primary in good shape. You know, he doesn't have huge statewide name ID, and he's got to go out and raise a couple million dollars. Uh, but he's going to have an opportunity to do that. I think he's got a great chance to win. I think Montana's in good shape and, and is a likely pickup. I think there are other states that are more likely. I think Missouri is very likely. Montana, excuse me, West Virginia, North Dakota are very likely. I think Florida looks really good. But I'd put Montana right there. And it's also a state where Donald Trump Jr. I think is going to go because of the he, he's real big on the Second Amendment, and sure. there are so many folks there that care about that. So Montana's a, a great pickup opportunity, and that's part of why he was you know flew four hours west from D.C. to go out there and do that event this week. And I have to I have to admit, Matt, I was uh, I was very relieved. Uh, I think it was within the last couple of weeks the Arizona primary. Uh, Martha McSally ended up winning the uh, primary against uh, Kelly Ward and Joe Arpaio. Uh, any of those other two candidates that may have won, uh, that that might have been ripe for a Democrat pickup. But now that Martha McSally is the Republican candidate, uh, that seems like uh, that seems like that will probably be a, a uh, Republican hold. Is that a true statement, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, so those are obviously the two that are that are the most competitive for the Democrats to pick up, and and obviously uh, Kelly Ward or Joe Arpaio would have been an epic disaster mm. as nominees, and thankfully Martha McSally avoided uh, avoided that fate and, and had I think fifty three percent of the vote in three way race, so she's actually extremely impressive, uh, Air Force pilot, member of Congress, you know, woman, obviously strong candidate, you know, just a strong person. Uh, I think she's going to run a really good race there. And the candidate she's running against is also a member of Congress, Kristen Sinema, who's another progressive. She's not a sort of main, mainstream Democrat. She's a full-scale progressive. Um, so I, th- I actually do like that, that, uh, you know, that contrast. Um, and I think there's a, a really good opportunity to, sit, to hold that seat. I think Dean Heller is also going to hold, hold in Nevada. Now, we'll see. Right. If, it's an, if, it's a, if it's a blue wave, you know, November 6th, if it's a nightmare night, then, yes, Arizona and Nevada are gone. I still think they hold the Senate, but if the House is gone, then then, then these seats that are along the margins are going to also be uh, be uh, very good for Democrats. And so I think Arizona and Nevada both are going to be within the margin of error, ultimately, but I think that there's a pretty good chance Republicans can hold both, but we'll see. And uh, also some news from Arizona this past week uh, with the uh, passing of Senator John McCain. Uh, Governor Ducey appointed a uh, longtime uh, senator and a uh, fellow senator in Arizona serving alongside McCain, uh, John Kyle, who is uh, not seeking. Now, I guess there's going to be a special election for the final two years of McCain would come up in 2020. And so John Kyle's just filling out for these uh, final couple of years. Is that true, Matt McCoviak? No, it's slightly different than that, Brad. Um, so John Kyle is appointed to serve. He was sworn in this week. He's already voting again, as he was after he served for several terms. He's only going to serve till the end of the year. He's effectively oh, okay. a, temporary, a temporary senator. Gotcha. And in fact, there is no special election. So the governor, Governor Doug Ducey, will appoint uh, a full-time permanent senator for the rest of the term, which ends in 2020. So whoever he appoints to begin serving in January I will see. serve through through 2020, and then that person will run for a six-year term. Now, why did he do it? He did it, I think, for a couple reasons. One, September's a busy month in D.C. There's a lot going on. They didn't want to get someone up there who didn't know what they were doing, sure. who couldn't start right away, who you know would need time to transition and learn issues and hire staff. John Cowell doesn't need anybody to help him do anything. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the issues backwards and forwards. He knows the state well. The family's very happy he's doing it. So, And he starts right away, and that's important. So he was solving that issue. I think the second issue he was trying to solve, the governor, Governor Ducey, was he didn't really want this to be a political hot potato in the midterms because he's up for re-election and you have the Senate race in Arizona as well. So he, he kind of bought himself some time, both as it relates to the election and as it relates to finding the right person, right? I mean, he may not yet have decided he wants to balance what the McCain family wants. 
He wants to find someone who can get reelected, someone who can serve a state really well, someone who's qualified, someone who wants to do it. I mean, those are some, some key factors to look at. And I think there's, a, there's six or eight people he's looking at. I personally would like to see John Shadig, the former congressman, former Republican study committee chair, outstanding and conservative. I'd love to see him in that role. We'll see who he ultimately chooses. It'll probably be after the election, maybe mid, mid to late November. Uh, but obviously that person will be on the ballot in 2020. Obviously, uh, we want to uh, uh, throw our listeners a bone here, uh, kind of go at a local angle, Matt McCoviak. Uh, what are you yeah. hearing at a national level uh, with Minnesota? I mean, here where uh, the uh, currently Democrats occupy the uh, congressional districts one and eight, neither incumbent is running for reelection. Those are ripe for Republican pickups, particularly because Trump performed so well in 2016, as well as uh, we're trying to win a statewide race here as Republicans for the first time since 2006. So what are you personally hearing on a national level about uh, Minnesota, Matt McCoviak? Well, you know, it's interesting you, you asked that because um, I was reading a story, and I think it was Roll Call. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, and, and it said the five states that will determine who has the majority. And, and I read through it, and I was kind of curious. I was thinking, okay, California, New Jersey, New York, Florida, and what was the fifth one? And it actually, I, I think it had California and New Jersey, but it didn't even have the other states I thought it was going to have. But Minnesota was one of them. Okay. And, and so, uh, obviously, you guys do have a lot of action up there. Uh, Minnesota is a state that Trump is targeting for, for 2020. They're going to try to flip Minnesota in 2020. They believe they can do that. Um, and so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether they ultimately, you know, can get there or not. Um, you know, your state's interesting, obviously. You have uh, unique trade issues with Canada. And so the trade, the, the trade stuff is important, how that all gets worked out, particularly if, 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 NALTA, if NAFTA's uh, ends and, and there's not a deal with Canada, that could have some profound, at least short-term af- effect on, on your state and on your state economy. Um, you know, the, the ag issues obviously are very important. Of course, the ag industry, parts of it got bailed out uh, recently by the federal government, so that's obviously something to watch. But look, basically, you've got five, I think, five competitive races for Congress uh, with, you know, certainly Colin uh, Peterson's seat. You've got yes. Tim Waltz. You've got Rick Nolan. I mean, you know, you know what the seats are. Um, I, you know, the, the analysis I saw on roll call had had uh, had Democrats picking up a net of one, okay, one of those five seats. So obviously, Democrats got to get 23 seats overall to get the majority. How many they get out of Minnesota, Minnesota will affect what that ultimately looks like. But the analysis I saw was predicting one of those five seats to be a pickup. Appreciate that uh, insight. And then again, we're joined by uh, national political wonk Matt McCoviak. Again, check out his uh, fantastic podcast and his Washington Times columns. Again, Mac on politicspodcast.com. That's M A C K, Mac on politicspodcast.com. Matt, appreciate your time today. As always, we will let you move on with the rest of your day, and uh, we will hope to catch up with you uh, later on this year. Appreciate the time. Happy to do it. Great to talk to you, Brad. Take care. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 
Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis. You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com. When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking health and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 or check us out on the web prolifeacrossamerica.org Prolife Across America is educational non-political and tax deductible Welcome back AM 1280 The Patriot It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me Brad Carlson Thanks as always for tuning into the broadcast 651-289-4488 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also uh, use a Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As I am here closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network program- Programming, again, you can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturdays for The King Banyan Show. And my friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, in these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance, heard 1 to 3 p.m. Saturdays. I am heard 1 to 3 p.m. Sundays. Well, that goes without saying if you're listening live right now. But as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And, uh, folks, before I get into some more uh, news items from this past week, I, I want to remind you, hop on over to am1280thepatriot.com and click on the banner that says the Midterm Battleground Talkers Tour. Yes, another fantastic Patriot event coming up. With Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, and Larry Elder, three fantastic and very popular national hosts heard on these very airwaves during the week. They will be in town again for the Battleground Talkers Tour Thursday, October 25th. The event takes place at the Radisson Blue Mall of America. You want to have dinner before the show? Hey, you have a couple of opportunities. There are still tickets available at Michael Medved's table, as well as a couple of tickets remaining at other at other uh, dinner tables. Now, the Narn Table, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, all those VIP tables sold out. And we tell you every single time, folks, when there's an event coming up and it's going to sell out, it sells out. 
This is going to sell out. So you definitely want to go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on the banner, and get your tickets today. And Lee Michaels, if people aren't as uh, ubiquitous or as proficient with the Internet, uh, is, there a, uh, is there a phone number they could possibly call, a general number to get more information on tickets if they so desire? Yeah, they can call the main business line. Okay, and that's uh, 651-405-8800? That is correct, sir. Okay, 651-405-8800 is the main business line. If you don't use the Internet or don't care to maneuver on the Internet, hey, call that general number, and they will get you the information the battleground talkers tour thursday october 25th mall yep. of america radisson blue mall of america last count i think there was two vip dinner tickets left that's it huh and i wow. think three at medved's table okay they're gonna sell out folks. they'll be they, and they might be gone now because that was the last update i had was like friday okay so they possibly could be gone but i would jump on the line right now if you're thinking of going, because they might not be there tomorrow. Indeed, indeed, yeah. We we, we tell the listeners that all the time, and, uh, you know. <laughs> the general, yeah, general admission, I mean, we still have a lot of general admission. The, the thing is, uh, as we get closer to the event, they start going quicker. Oh, sure. Makes uh, sense, yeah. You know, there's always the, the VIP stuff always goes right away. Uh, and then all of a sudden, people realize, oh, the VIP sold out. I better not miss the main event. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Tickets start flying. Absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate the insights, Lee, information on that. Yeah, like I say, uh, this is going to be a fun event. And again, with uh, Michael Medved, Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, three of our more popular national hosts, going to be in town. Yeah, it's it's going to be a barn burner, uh, to say the least. So I uh, want to do, like I said, get to some news from this past week. And as I've said on this show many times, it, wherever the areas of sports and culture and politics intersect, those are the stories I like to focus on in uh, particular, and there's been a lot of talk this past week uh, about uh, NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I don't want to say former yet because I think he's still actively seeking a job in the NFL, although given the fact that he's filed a lawsuit against the NFL owners for collusion, basically conspiring to keep him out of the NFL, uh, he may have shot himself in the foot on ever getting a job again, who's to say? But the big story from this past week is he is signing on with a major uh, national corporation to uh, be featured in uh, some of their uh, TV ads. Again, I'll read an e- this is from an ESPN.com story. Colin Kaepernick is back, at least as far as Madison Avenue is concerned. The former NFL quarterback who is suing NFL owners for allegedly colluding to keep him out of the league is one of the faces of a new Nike campaign meant to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the brand's iconic Just Do It motto. The new ad, which Kaepernick shared on social media Monday afternoon, features the message, Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Uh, I'm going to get back to that because that that particular phrase definitely raised a, a, a lot of hells. Okay, talking about sacrificing everything. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that. Anyhow, Nike signed Kaepernick in 2011 and kept him on its endorsement roster over the years. The company had not used him in the past two years. We believe Colin is one of the most inspirational athletes of this generation who has leveraged the power of sport to help move the world forward. Gino, uh, uh, Faisanati, Nike's vice president of brand for North America told ESPN. Now I, I've said it. Many times on this broadcast, I, as an unabashed, unabashed capitalist, I believe major corporations such as Nike, you know, are free to advertise their product however they see fit. And they also may feel that they're at a point where they've made so much money, got so much money in the bank that they'll be able to initially uh, weather any uh, financial storm that may that may take place because when this um, 
when this news was first announced, uh, there was, uh, according to uh, Bloomberg, Nike's shares dropped by nearly 4%, which is the biggest intraday slide in five months. And here's, well, here's a quote from the story. Nike's shares slipped as much as 3.9% to 79 bucks as of 9.30 Tuesday in New York. Again, the biggest intraday slide in five months. They climbed 31% this year, this year through Friday's close. So Nike had to know that there was initially going to be a backlash. But here's the thing. They also know that there is some very heated opinions regarding Colin Kaepernick, specifically the first high-profile NFL player to, to kneel during the National Anthem. Of course, this all started a couple of years ago. And we've talked enough about that on the show. We may work it in to where it's appropriate. But obviously, this is a very polarizing debate. And Nike knows that the president, President Trump, who's been very vocal about he believes players should stand during the national anthem, they probably knew President Trump would weigh in on it. And so because resistance or something, people are going to knee-jerk do the opposite of what President Trump talks about. So if President Trump decries this move by Nike, guess what? People are going to automatically throw their support behind Nike and, hey, maybe even go buy a product or two. Uh But here's the thing that I find most fascinating, and Jim Garrity at National Review brought this up this past week as well, is maybe Nike was also looking at this as a way to, I don't know, perhaps bring in a a demographic that typically doesn't patronize our products. Uh, Again, this is from Jim Garrity's column, National Review Online. If you've ever wondered what it would take to get the woke social justice warrior crowd to loudly support a multinational corporation with nearly $35 billion in revenue in 2017 that pays its assembly line workers about 2.5% of production costs, that faces accusation that its factories bar independent inspections of working conditions, whose workers frequently faint from heat and exhaustion and suffer wage theft, force overtime, restrictions on their use of toilets, exposure to toxic solvents and padlocked exit doors, well, apparently Colin Kaepernick is all that it takes. And that was the profound irony that I saw in this whole thing, is both sides of this debate got completely trolled, in my opinion. Because Nike comes out and they elevate Colin Kaepernick as their spokesperson for the 30th anniversary of their Just Do It campaign. And so naturally, it's going to elicit a lot of reaction from those who oppose Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the National Anthem fields, disrespectful to our country, to our military, what have you. And again, we've talked about that ad nauseum. So obviously, there's going to be some heated rhetoric online. And because of the because of social media is so ubiquitous that people can have an instant reaction to anything at any time. And it's it's just going to compound. So because of that, people are going to find out, well, what's this all about? And those that support Colin Kaepernick will be like, hey, you know, glad that Colin Ka- someone's given him the, the respect that he deserves. You know, he was willing to sacrifice everything, his football career, you know, to, to, to do what he believes in. And so, therefore, people who normally wouldn't frequent a corporation like Nike all of a sudden are like, what the heck? I like I love Nikes now. It's, it's amazing to me. And, and this is this is the point. This is a broader point that I've been making. If social justice warriors had an ounce of intellectual consistency, 
<laughs> I slay me. Uh, if social justice warriors had an ounce of intellectual consistency, they would call on Kaepernick to use his newfound influence with Nike to look into these issues like sweatshops, like uh, low-wage workers, like violating child labor laws in, in other countries. Okay? All of this stuff. And again, this is just another example of these, basically these social justice warriors made up mostly of, sorry, lily-white hipsters who do nothing but virtue signal. And this is a classic example of that. They claim to be, against these big corporations, they claim to be a knockoff of Occupy Wall Street. Remember that that unwashed masses that, that was uh, going around doing crazy stuff back in 2011, I think it was? Okay? These social justice warriors claim to be part of that, wanting to stand up to the big corporations, yet because Colin Kaepernick is someone, somewhat of a progressive hero to them and because he elicits inflammatory reactions from President Trump, that they want to do everything the opposite of President Trump. So because President Trump decries Kaepernick going with Nike, social justice warriors all of a sudden are going to show their support for Nike, despite Nike engaging in these kind of behaviors that they claim to be against. So again, this is just another classic example of apparently it's more important to virtue signal than to actually be virtuous, than to actually stand up to these issues you care about. And again, this isn't the first time that Nike's been called out about this. Remember when Michael Jordan was a when he was an active NBA player, he was a huge spokesperson for Nike. And people pressured Michael Jordan and saying, Look, Mike, you've got all these issues going on with Nike. You know, the these uh they don't allow inspections of working conditions for fear of what inspectors might find. You've, they're, they're, they're violating child labor laws. Okay? If you would withhold your services, if you would call out Nike, you're the most popular athlete in the world, Michael Jordan. If you did that, I have a feeling immediate action would be taken. And Jordan, for whatever reason, chose not to really do that. So, again, if there is an ounce of intellectual consistency amongst these social justice warriors, Kaepernick is the face of their campaign now. Maybe he should uh, broach these particular issues, and they might actually be looked into. Who's to say? 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also uh, weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. One final segment coming up this hour with me, Brad Carlson, on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Grab a cup of coffee and help Gallagher's Army at Lucky Station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. You know Gallagher's Army provides financial assistance to the families of fallen officers when they need it most, as soon as a tragedy occurs. When you buy a cup of coffee at any Lucky's Station convenience store, they're going to make a donation to Gallagher's Army, the Fallen Officer Fund. There's a Lucky's Station store in every corner of the metro. Find them online at luckysstations.com. That's luckys with an S, stations with an S.com. Cups for cops from Lucky's Stations. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAB Audiovisual. WNAB Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment 
such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services, so your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I don't have one thing in my life that I can boast about. Every single thing that is good is a direct result of Christ's salvation in my life. Matthew uh, is one that you might be talking to if you call our number. He's my son-in-law. We've established a great relationship over the past few years, and we pray that that might continue as he serves in the capacity of, of running the office. Well, when someone calls, usually I just try to see what their needs are and whether it's estimating for gutters or a roof or a repair if the roof is leaking. My focus is just always on trying to honor God in how I interact with people. You know, I just try not to add anything or subtract anything from what the Lord would have us do. I'm really excited to be fielding your calls today and talking to you about the needs you might have on your roof or gutters. For a free and obviously no obligation estimate, contact us by phone at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Dreaming of a better life for your family starts with your decisions today. Hi, this is Marty Young at Online Trading Academy. We teach skills to create an income to live your life your way. Take the time to invest in you. Join us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250. Use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. Online Trading Academy. Radio. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carls. Thanks for tuning in. And here to take your phone calls. That number is 651-289-4488. Feel free to weigh in via Twitter as well. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you uh, tuning in on this uh, beautiful fall day, first Sunday of the uh, NFL season as well. So you may not be listening to this until the podcast. But regardless of how you're listening to this and when, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Lee Michaels, i got to ask you, did you, uh, at the end of the uh, State Fair, sorry, I hope I'm, my mentioning the State Fair doesn't make you break out in hives or anything, but uh, at, at, at the end of the State Fair, did you predict uh, that they set all-time attendance record for the 12 days? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought they would. Okay. With, with the four or five days that they had there, I mean, by, the, by that Sunday, you could pretty much guess that they were going to break the record because i always like to to say that lee is sort of a, a state fair attendance savant he 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 prides himself on being able to say i bet you there's a record today and usually he's pretty much spot on so. i i give myself i pick i guess the attendance each day and i give myself ten thousand people either way really okay that's pretty and good i pretty much nail it most days now to be you know it's it's not super tough because you can kind of go, you know what the attendance was from the previous day, sure. Other than the first day of the fair, 
And, but it's all gauged by my 30, this was my 31st fair in radio. Wow, okay. So you just kind of, over the years, you kind of just get a feel of if the cheese curd line across the street is that much. Last year when I saw lines that long, it was about 170,000. So I'm like going to guess 176. That is, there is a, so, okay, there is a science tool. Well, that's very sure. good. That is very good. Well, and then, of course, the Saturday of Labor Day was an all-time Single day attendance record with two hundred and seventy thousand. Yeah. So that uh, blew that one out of the water. And uh, yes, the first time in state fair history that it surpassed two million for the twelve days. They uh, did it like by forty six thousand, I think. Yeah, I got the figures right here: two million forty six thousand five hundred thirty three for the twelve days, which smashed the previous record, which happened to be the year before at a million nine hundred ninety seven. So just shy of two million. But uh, wow, yeah, that that's impressive. I I remember. Um, I talk about this all the time. It was the Saturday of the 2010 State Fair, the Saturday of Labor Day weekend of the 2010 Fair. I was just filling in on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I wasn't a full-time host, and I'd already been to the fair a couple times. So I just came there to do the broadcast and get out. It was back when we had the three shows of the Northern Alliance on. So I think it was I was on from 11 to 1. And I remember how hard it was just to get out of there. Yeah, And to think that that day, that was a single-day record at that point, and to think that that had since been broken two more times, I can't imagine what that Saturday of Labor Day was likely, Michael. Did you even try to walk around or leave the north end of the fairgrounds? No, I was, you know, most of the time I'm stuck up at the booth anyway with all the radio shows. Probably best. Yeah. So, but, but down in the mosh pit, as we call it, uh, at the south end, it, it was pretty nuts. Now, I, I understand that the fair is going to be expanding next year. Okay. I think so they need it, to. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. And I think what they're going to do is maybe some of those parking lots behind where the Patriot is, or they're going to, there's going to be a few things, I think, to the west. Uh, they're going to try to okay. get down, you know, maybe where some of the deals are, or, you know, to we might lose a parking lot, but we might gain more fair space. I don't uh, know. We'll I have see. to see how they have it mapped out. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was, I was reading of nightmare stories of friends on social media. At one point, there was crowds, say, like down by the grandstand. It's just like the, the crowd, the people in the street would literally stop, and you couldn't get around. I mean, yeah. it would just stop. Because because yeah. it was just that log jam. Uh, I I don't know how I don't know how you solve that other than expansion, which like you say, they, I guess it's what they're considering doing. But wow, that that's that's amazing. Uh, so hey, kudos, Minnesotans love the fair. This just in uh, breaking news. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah that 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 is uh, that it was pretty remarkable. But uh, uh, so did you? Pre- I, I mean, have you ever gone been so boldly as to say, "I bet you this is an all time all time record this single day like that Saturday"? Uh, yeah, day. I, I would normally say I think they're going to break a record today. Okay. Cause... So and if that Saturday when I said they're going to break a record because that the all time attendance is almost always that. Uh, Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Okay, well that makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, people want to get one last taste, or they or if they haven't been out yet, it's like, well, we better get out now while the getting's good. But uh, yeah, I I remember I my wife and I actually went Thursday for all day at the fair, and that ha- ended up being a single day record for opening day. Yeah, I predicted that one. Uh, yeah, one hundred twenty two thousand, which which is good, and and it's amazing to think about because we were you know we. We go up Larpenter. We go east on Larpenter and go and go in that way to that uh, North Lot. And uh, I remember how crazy traffic was. Seven thirty in the morning. Crap. Yeah, there were times by the parking lots were full, like by nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was insane. And and I decided, you know, I decided to drive in because I figure, okay, if we leave early enough, you know, we'll get a spot. We may have to wait a little bit, but we will get a spot. And and this is this is a different subject, but this is what drives me nuts about Minnesota drivers. And I could say this because I'm one of them. 
I am a Minnesota driver, so I feel like I have the authority to say this. People learn how to use two lanes and then zipper merge. Because what people were doing on Larpeter, there's two lanes. Everybody camped out in the right-hand lane, preparing to turn right into the north parking lot two miles before you had to turn right. And meanwhile, we got in the left lane, and we were surpassing all these cars. And then by the time the right-hand turn was to come up to go into the parking lot, people were yelling at us and giving us gestures and all this. It's like if you just an equal number of cars in each lane and zipper merge, it goes so much faster. Yeah, I've done whole shows on the zipper merging. Oh, pet peeve. Yeah, I, it's just, it, you know, and again, we're not doing anything wrong. We're fought, and, and as a matter of fact, if you listen to any anybody from MnDOT, maybe even some law enforcement officials, they will tell you. Well, that's what they teach in driver's training. Yes. Zipper merge. Go right up to where the cones make you get over, whether it's construction, uh, whatever it is. Now, if it's just a, a you know, two-lane road uh. and there's not two turn lanes or they're not, you know, there's not cones forcing you to get over, uh, but it's just, yeah, the zipper merge, people have to learn how to zipper merge. Guys uh, are crazy. Yeah, so again, I know that's a digression, but, you know, it just reminds me of that because Thursday morning at the fair, and again, we were going to spend all day there, so it's not like we ha- absolutely had to get there at a certain time. We knew we would get a spot, and, but goodness sakes, people. I, like I say, um, the, again, this is a pet peeve of mine as, as well, but uh, hopefully someday that uh, it, it'll definitely catch on. Well, in your 30-plus years of uh, doing radio at the State Fairly, Michaels, uh, uh, did you ever say maybe 10, 15 years in, you know, huh, I wonder if one day we'll break 2 million uh, people in 12 I days. I probably That's... wasn't guessing back then. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do focus <laughs> on spinning records, as I used to say yep. back in the day. Yep. Something like that. Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, congratulations again uh, to Minnesotans, and uh, congratulations again to the uh, folks at the Minnesota State Fair. Another uh, well-run operation. With that crush of people, uh, I don't envy uh, having to work out there, that is for sure, uh, on an everyday basis, that is. Folks, hour number one in the can, hour number two coming up in mere moments right here at AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. Wealthy, middle class, or business owners, you're on your financial journey, but with an emergency break on. That break is debt, and it's just going to get worse with a new tax law. You see, 60% of taxpayers who used the home interest deduction in 2017 will effectively not be able to do so in 2018. Think about that. Daniel Altwick with Your Family Bank here. We've provided a solution to this debt dilemma for over 20 years. Using it, you could cut the length of your debt, including your mortgage, in half and save tens of thousands of dollars. It works, and we can prove it to you. Our solution is not debt consolidation. Get your free ebook and analysis. Daniel.yourfamilybank.org. Be bold. Take action. Daniel.yourfamilybank.org. Daniel.yourfamilybank.org. God bless you, the Patriot, and God bless America. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text WATER11 to 443443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. 
Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text WATER11 to 443443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text WATER11 to 443443. That's W-A-T-E-R-1-1 to 443443. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you that your husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband, he chose to save me. Rather than come home to you and your daughter, she lost her way. On September 7th comes an inspiring story about the power of family, faith. I'm not giving up without a fight. Courage and hope. He will show them that nothing is impossible. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters September 7th. Step into Chet's Shoes, where good old-fashioned customer service is always in style. Check us out today for a custom fitting and friendly one-on-one assistance. Chet's takes the time to get to know you and your job so that we can find you just the right boot. Our friendly staff knows the products we are selling and will never pressure you to buy anything. We've been finding people the appropriate footwear for over 70 years. In a world where people hide behind avatars and get lost in the aisles of a big box store, find friendly faces at Chet's who know and stand behind the products they sell. That's why if the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.